cantaloupe stewardship. Publix is loving me because I keep buying these cantaloupes, man. Today there's only three, right? Because there's only three services. But here's the idea. Stewardship. We are all stewards over certain things in our life. We talked about being stewards of our gifts and our talents. We talked about being stewards of our relationships. Marriage, kids, with one another, co-workers. We talked about being stewards of our relationship with God. We talked about being stewards last week about three very important things in our life. Time, money, and eternity. And we, we made this statement, there's not many days that go by that we don't have to deal with those things. And so today and next week, I want to talk to you about how we're, we're stewards of God's love. So let's, let's read the, the scriptures that we've used in the past couple weeks. Romans 14, 12. So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. You'll be reading and feeling good about yourself, and all of a sudden you come on the cross from the 14 12. You're like, oh! Ah! I hate you. What did you do with what I did? Because God's gift to me is my life. What I do with my life is my gift to God. Sobering talk. If we really believe that God gave us everything we have, it changes the way that we live in, in every area of our life. You go to this next scripture right here, 2 Corinthians 9, 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap, reap generously. So, as we talk about God's love today, I've got to ask you a question. Are you sowing God's love into the people around you? Not your opinion, not your thoughts, God's love. So, so what's inside a cantaloupe? Nice. If you weren't here the last couple of weeks, that's an inside joke. Also inside a cantaloupe is seeds. So if I love cantaloupe, and there's tons of seeds, thousands of seeds in here. If I love cantaloupe, but I open this cantaloupe up, and I love cantaloupe so much, I eat everything inside of it. Then there's nothing left. So a few months down the road, if I want a cantaloupe, I'm not going to have a cantaloupe. Because I didn't save any of the seeds to sow into the ground so I could have more cantaloupes. And so if you think about this whole idea of sowing and reaping, you have to think, you know, where am I sowing God's love? In what relationships? And where, like, where am I actually? And here's the point today. If you're a Christ follower, if you don't know Jesus, you just sit back and relax because you probably will know Him by the end of this day. Or you'll know more about it. But, but if you're a Christ follower and you, you call yourself a Christian and you're going to represent Jesus, you got to love the world. If the church doesn't love the world, who's going to love them? Does that, does that mean we change what we believe? Absolutely not. Does that mean that we, we move into a, an area of like compromising our beliefs? No. But God called us to love people. Where am I sowing love 
in my life. So let's, let's keep going here. Stewardship defined. Let's learn something today. The position and duties of a steward, a person who acts as the surrogate of another or others, especially by managing property, financial affairs, and estate, etc. This is my favorite, though. The responsible overseeing and protection of something considered worth caring for and preserving. Wow. I would submit to you today that I, I, I know that I know that I know through personal experience that God's love is worth preserving. Right? God's love. And so, let's look at, just for a second, this whole idea of the love of God and how we can be stewards of that love. Let's go to this next scripture. I'm a steward of God's love. And so, then we look at Corinthians. And I know most of us have read this. And, you know, you can look at this through a lens of, I've read this so many times, and I've heard this so many times. Well, guess what? We're going to hear it again. Because we don't have it yet, right? Evidently, we don't have it yet, because if we had it, this building would be full, every church in America would be full, and the world would be full every Sunday or every time people met. If I speak in the tongues of men... Or of angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I have. If I give all I possess to the poor and give, give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Verse 4 Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. So in other words, you can be as good and perfect and religious as you want to, but if it's not coming from a standpoint of love and caring for the world and caring for a friend and, and really loving. I've got people in my life right now that, that say, you know what, should I say this to that person? Should I really write this letter? Should I send this email? Should I really do that? And, and the first thought is, is it out of love or condemnation? Because if it's out of love and it's biblical, absolutely. If it's because you think you're right, and they're wrong. No. You might want to rewrite that one. So here, Rain and I thought we'd have a little fun. You want to come up here? All right, so yesterday was Valentine's Day. I found this out like at 10 o'clock yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So here's the church, and we're trying to at least show the world we love them, hopefully, as, as a Christ follower. And the, my Bible, as we just read just got through saying, look, you can do all this great stuff. You can have all these programs. You can have, but if you don't have love, you're, you're, you're out of love. 
<laughs> so, Raina, I got you some chocolates, and I want to tell you how much I... Wait a minute. Seriously. Would you like some champagne? Actually, sparkling, like great. Just some of you are weird like that. <laughs> you do? You want champagne? Okay, all right. Well, we'll do that later. And then also, I made you an amazing cake. And I want to tell you how much this cake is. How much I love Do you think my wife just heard anything I said? <laughs> you didn't, did you? But you know I love you, or I say I love you, right? But if you can't under, if I can't communicate to you that love, you're not really going to feel that love. And that's that's the way it is with the world. We, we're sitting down at a table with the world every day, and we say we love people, but are we actually loving people? My ear. That hurt my ear really bad. That's the ear, too, that I can't hear out of anyway because shooting so many. Get some ear protection for the next service. But here's the idea I'm a steward of God's love. And if, if the church can't show the world... And so what, what is God's love? Let's get into this. What is God's love? God's love is patient. 1 Corinthians 13, 4, Love is patient, love is kind, does not envy, it does not boast, it does not proud. Love is patient. So here's a question we have to ask ourselves. Are, are you being patient in your relationships with the world and with those around you? I hate being patient. Right? Yeah. You said amen. <laughs> Through the Spirit, dude. <laughs> but love is patient. God's love is patient. I look back all my life, and, and, and a lot of you kind of know me, but you don't really know me. Where I came from, how I grew up, where, you know. And I just see God's love being so patient with me. Can anybody relate to that? So completely patient. God, why didn't you? I, I think about one of my favorite relationships is between God and Moses. Because Moses was like, God, kill him. God's, no, no, I'm not going to kill him. And then God's like, move, Moses, I'm going to kill him. And Moses like, no, 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 don't, don't kill him. But I, I look back on the span of my life and I see all the times that God has been so patient with me. So patient. Because He knows the, the end from the beginning. So He knows Jason's going to come around. I got, I'm going to thump him in the head a few times, but sooner or later, He's going to come around. And so, and, and so I take this idea of God being so patient with me, and then I have to, I have to like process that and then look at other people in my life and say, you know what, i got to be patient with them. I need to be patient with them because God was patient with me. I can love others because God first loved me. 
And again, don't hear what I'm not saying. We, we're not going to uh, neglect what we know to be true in the Bible. We, just because you love someone doesn't mean you approve of their lifestyle. But I guarantee you, if you love them, you'll have a, a sooner opportunity of witnessing to them and sharing the love of Christ besides whether you just hate them. God's love is patient. And the only, the best way I can describe patience is the fact that I'm still here. And some of you know what I'm talking about. God's love is patient. Love is patient. We don't like to be patient. We don't like to wait. We've talked about this before. Anthony even used the microphone about a couple months ago. We have a popcorn button on our microwave because we don't like to wait, right? If you go through a drive-thru and they say, can you please pull forward to that line? We, we, we don't have your food ready. No. <laughs> Seriously, that's what I say. Fast food. No, I'm not pulling forward. No. We don't like to be patient. Love. Love is patient. So, here's the idea. If I'm impatient with people that, that maybe God's working on their heart, if I'm impatient with those relationships God's entrusted to me, and I'm not sowing seeds of God's love and God's patience into those relationships, then the world's looking at me going, and I'm trying to say, hey, God love... And there's a symbol going off in their mind. Because they're looking at me going, you just got ticked off at me because... Number two. God's love is kind. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 again. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Love is kind. And in Coconut Hut, W8X9. That's not in Corinthians. That's not, that's not there. <laughs> Last I checked, it wasn't there. I don't know. Love is kind. Okay, let me ask you a question. And I have to ask, remember when, when I write these messages and when I pray and ask the Lord what He would have me speak about, I have to ask, and, and Raina would attest to this. I would have to ask myself these questions before I would ask you. Right? Because my Bible says I'm going to be held doubly accountable for the things that I say. And when I ask myself, am I kind? There's some days that I have to say no. No. Am I kind? And there's some days I can say, yeah, I was really kind. I did something nice. I did this or that or this or that or I was really sweet and I actually listened and yeah, and I, I really, I was kind. But here's the idea behind being kind: the world is looking for someone different, not religious, not perfect. They're not looking for someone in three-piece suit that um, that that's got it all together. They're looking for someone different. And let me tell you, friend. This is what is different in our, in our world today, is being kind. That's different. Smile at somebody, laugh, laugh with somebody, buy somebody, be kind. 
Right? And the world's got this figured out because there's, there's multi-million dollar industries that have been built off of people saying, hey, you know what? Why don't we do something nice for someone? And the church, they're griping at each other. They're punching each other with words and they're more concerned about this or that or the other. And, and the world's out there doing wonderful things. They're making shoes for people. They're helping people. They're doing this. They're doing that. They're, I, if you watch marketing on TV, like the, the commercials, my, my first schooling was in marketing. What The biggest marketing tool right now is to make you feel like that whatever they're doing was kind. You watch the Super Bowl, right? Budweiser can make you feel like that that dog is being kind to that horse. That was last year, but this year too? Okay, all right. I hadn't slept since then, so it's good. And here we are, the ambassadors of Christ, the, care, the stewards of God's love. We're stewards of God's love. God, when, when, when He sent Jesus Christ to this earth to die for us, and when we stepped into a relationship with Jesus and put our faith in Jesus, God's love encompassed all that we are. So we carry God's love as, as well as we do His Spirit. We carry that within us. And now we get to decide where we're going to sow that love. And if I just take it all to myself and I eat all of it, and I'm not sowing any of those seeds into other people's lives or uh, uh, wherever God's calling you to show the love of Christ. Man, I'm, I'm eating my blessing because it's all about me. We're stewards of God's love. I, I, I hope that you can get this today, and I hope this is just not another Sunday for you, and hopefully any Sunday's not, but I really, really believe, I've told you this before, I believe the next revival that's going to hit our country is going to come in coffee shops, it's going to come in the workplace, it's going to come one-on-one, it's going to come, and how does that happen? We build a bridge. How do we build a bridge? Be kind, because we're stewards of God's love, right? So who in your life right now can you be kind to? Don't say your wife or your husband. Please don't say your husband. Don't, don't, like, who could you really open up your heart to and show kindness? Do something nice. This is not rocket science. Do something nice for somebody. Be kind. When, when, when you're tempted to get angry, don't. I think the older I get, the softer I get. Would you agree? Yeah. And, and I love being soft. Not, not here. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, I, I enjoy stepping back for a moment, looking at the situation and going, you know what? I'm just going to be kind. I don't have anything to prove anymore. Just going to be kind. And I think God can use that with the church. God can absolutely use a church, Coastline Community Church. We can start here. He can use a person that shows kindness to the world. Number three. God's love is not self-centered. 1 Corinthians 13, the second half of verse 4 and then verse 5. does not envy, it does not boast, it does not, it's not proud. It does not dishonor others, it is not self-seeking. 
It is not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrong. God's love. If I'm a steward of God's love, I have to understand what this is actually saying. So, it does not envy. In other words, I'm not jealous of what someone else has. <laughs> Don't raise your hand. But when's the last time you looked at some, somebody else's hat and said, man, I wish I had that? It does not boast. True love doesn't boast. God's love doesn't boast. It, it, it doesn't like... Uh, and it says, and it's not proud. If you look back at your relationships with others, you can look at those times where you know that you know that you know that you know that you boasted and you were proud. And most of the time, what you'll do is say, you're wrong. And when you say you're wrong, what you're really saying is, I'm right. Right? No pun intended, right? <laughs> you're wrong, I'm right. Shut up. And I would submit to you today that that's what the world sees in the church of today. You're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, God hates you, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, and we are all right. That's a bunch of crap. Because you know you're not right. The only thing we know that's right is the Bible. That's what's right. And so you think about it. God's love was so not self-centered that He did everything He could to be with us. Am I portraying that love to the world that I live in? It does not dishonor others. In other words, love doesn't talk about other people. Love doesn't gossip. Ooh. You mean like talk about nobody? I mean like talk about nobody. The people I have in my life that I admire the most, if they have a problem with someone, those are the type of people that will go right to that person and say, I do not agree with what you're saying. And they, they don't do it, they do it one-on-one. -on -one. I admire that about people. Why, why do we have to... I mean, and it's so funny, because I, I hang out with people in their 50s or their 60s, and it's like high school again. And it was really... Oh, well, you know, they're really struggling. And I'm looking at them and going, why don't you go help them? You know, I, I tell you what, my, my kids are going through rough times, but you ought to hear about their kid. <laughs> love doesn't do that. And if the church, if the church is going to love, and some of you right now are going, you know what, I know exactly who he's talking about. Well, if you... <laughs> I, yeah. If you know who I'm talking about, then you've been talking about somebody else too. <laughs> love, love doesn't dishonor. It doesn't boast. It's not proud. It's not envious. And it doesn't dishonor. Wow. It's not self-seeking, which goes back to the point. Love, God's love is not self-centered. It's not easily angered. And you be honest with yourself. When's the last time you got angry? Because we're not supposed to get angry, but Lord knows we do. Right? Uh, I think about love, God's love not being self-centered and love, which comes from God, because God is love. How many of you ever had kids? Had kids, had kids? Okay, all right. 
Parenting will teach you so much about love to depths that you sometimes can't even imagine. And But one of the first things that God teaches us about love when we're parenting is called changing a diaper. <laughs> the second thing is called teething. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. So you're changing a diaper and you got poop everywhere, right? Yeah, and if you had the privilege of having a little boy, it's like at any moment whatsoever, <laughs> the sprinkler can go off. <laughs> Wow, it's like a gusher. Like, what are you? And so you're changing, and you're doing, and you're doing this, and then you know, and then what if they get the flu? And you're cleaning up puke everywhere, diapers, teething. Here's the point. The point of the matter is, you you realize really quick, life's not about you, don't you? Really quick, you're like, well, this, like, uh. Yeah, this this is not about me. And and God God uses that I think to teach us about love. Because love is not self-centered. It's not. Love's not about me. I need to be loved. God loves me. I, I need that in my life. But tr- giving true love isn't really about me. It's it's about whoever God's calling me to sow seeds into their life and love them. Not easily angered. What? When? When did it? I'll keep asking you this till I kill over, or you get another pastor. When did the church get so mad? (laughs) When did we get like really ticked off? Right? Think about that for a second. Yeah. Again, we're not arguing what the Bible says. And if just because you love someone that's living counter to the Bible doesn't mean you agree with their lifestyle. That's not what that means. And I think somewhere along the way, the church got off on this little deal where, well, if I love that person, that means I agree with them. They don't mean that. My son loves me to death, and he don't agree with anything I say. <laughs> right? I mean, oh, man. Like, what? We, love's not easily angered. It's not easily angered. And, and this is a dangerous prayer. It's very dangerous this week because as soon as you pray it, then you're going to have to walk it out. Why don't you pray tomorrow morning before you head into the office or wherever, the job site or wherever you're going. Why don't you pray, God, I would love to live. I was going to say a week. Let's just do one day. <laughs> Lord, would you help me to live one day without getting mad at anybody, including myself? Would you help me to live one day without being angry? And when I have that temptation to get angry, would you just remind me that you love me so much that you're not angry with me? God's not mad at you. Love's not self-centered. It's not. God's love is all about us. Right? And our love should be all about Him. God, would you let me just do 24 hours without getting angry? Love's not easily angered. Now, it doesn't say love never gets angry. It says it's not easily angered. And so if I have a problem in my life with getting angry, then I've got to really assess in my own heart. And I, I've had to do this. Because I'm, I'm so mixed up in my genealogy. I'm an Irish, German, something, American, whatever. 
And so my, my family, the men in my family, they just didn't punch you out and look at it seriously. I mean, it's just the way it is. Now, n- no longer because we've all experienced God's love in our life. But So, so it, there was a time in my life where I really had to walk this out in my own spirit of, I just can't, I can't get mad. I can't get mad anymore. I can protect, but I can't get mad. I can't be easily angered. And so the world's looking at the church going, why are you so mad? What's really, why are you so angry? I thought you guys had the answer. I thought you had good news. And here you are ramming the rest of the world because we don't believe like you. No, we don't believe like you. But can I buy you a cup of coffee? No, I don't, I don't really understand where you're at in life, but if you want to go have dinner, you can tell me, and I'll listen. Isn't that what Jesus did? That's what he did the whole time he was on earth. He just went around visiting with people and hanging out. And people. And there's naysayers out there. He's a wine glutton. He's hanging out with the sinners. He's going to the tax collector's house. Da, 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 da. Jesus didn't care. He's just cruising through, loving people and giving his life so that we could understand today how much he loved us. It keeps no records of wrong. Oh, boy. I was going to try to preach this whole passage in, in one message, like today. And I called Rain. I was up here studying yesterday. I called Rain. I was like, there's so much in here. And she's like, why don't you just preach two messages? And I was like, that's a good idea. So next week, we're going to, we're going to talk about love again. Being a steward of God's love. It keeps no records of wrong. Now, this is where the rubber meets the road, right here. Yeah, if you're married, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> or if you've been married. And if you plan on being married, listen really close right now, okay? <laughs> you, you, look at, you look at getting in an intense conversation. We call it fighting at my house. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> we just straight up call it what it is. You, you look at that, and, and immediately... When your, your, your spouse says something to you, or somebody that you love says something to you, you know in the back of your mind they're probably right, but immediately 15 things come to mind that they've done to you that you can spout back to them so that you can be right, but you know you're wrong because you're not right, because they're always right. It's so true. <laughs> some of you guys, like some of you older couples in here right now, I'm looking at you and you're like jabbing at you. I'm like, yep. <laughs> Just nailed it. Just got me. It, keep, it keeps no record. We are incapable of doing that. I'm just going to tell you straight up because we're human. We are incapable with someone that we're really close with. We're incapable of getting, we, we get our feelings hurt. We, we remember bad things that were said about us. We remember. And so it, we're, we're capable of doing that through God's love to the world, though. Because if Ray and I get into it and she says something bad about me and I spout back to her 15, she's only got, she has nothing wrong with her. <laughs> if me and my friend Joe get into it. <laughs> But here's the deal. We can show God's love to the world by not being so stinking opinionated and not so perfect. 
we don't change what we believe, but we sure could change how we're acting these days. That's a movement, friend. That, that's, something, that's, that's something that will get inside. Look, there's people in your life right now that you're working with, that you hang out with, that don't know Jesus. And if you start expressing God's love in, in the way that this is talking about, it's not about me, I'm going to be kind, I'm, it's going to get inside their head, it's going to really mess them up. And we all remember that, right? Don't you remember when Jesus got inside your head and everything started going, wait a minute, that doesn't make sense, but it does make sense, but it does make sense, but it does make sense. Yeah. And that's what God's love's about. That's what, that's what Corinthians is talking about right here. And then the last thing right here, God's love is true. 1 Corinthians 13.6 Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. So if you go all the way back and think about just watch me. Got me? You don't have to watch me, but listen. And I have to tell you to do that because every time Brian sneaks out of that door, I get totally confused, man. Truth. Love, God's love, rejoices with truth. Think about that just for a second. We live in a society these days, nothing's true, really, right? If you think it's true, Wes, it's true. Whatever makes you feel good, buddy, right? If, if you think it's, it's right, it's right. As long as you're a good person and you, don't, you know, just do whatever you... You just make sure, as long as you're a good person and whatever you believe is truth, is true. God's love letter to us is the Bible. The Bible is true. Every word of it. So think about this just for a second. Love does not delight in evil. In other words, if I really, really, really love someone, I am going to hate when they are doing wrong. But true love, when it's right, it's right. Truth rejoices with the truth. That's what love does. God loved us so much He sent His only Son to die for us. Think about that just for a second before we're dismissed today and before we go about our, our ways. Think about the love of God, this love that we've been talking about. It doesn't envy, it doesn't boast, it's patient, it's kind. And then you think about where the Bible says God is love. And you read this whole passage and you get to a place where you're like, God, that's you. You just described yourself. You just told me who you are. You just... And people ask you what you think about God. Go to 1 Corinthians 13 and just say, Hey, think about reading this. Because God is describing Himself. And God's saying, Look, I rejoice in truth. And the truth that God rejoices in is Jesus Christ. It is the truth. The way, the truth, and the life. It's the truth. You look at that. God's love is true. Maybe you're here today and you say, Jason, I don't feel love. I haven't felt love. And I can't give love right now because I'm hurt. I am hurt. And I there's things going on in my life right now that I, I just can't, I can't tell you how hurt I am, how rejected I've been, how much hate's in my heart. And I... I that's you. I want you to hear this. 
God's love is true. People will let you down. Pastors will let you down. Churches will let you down. Co-workers will let you down. Spouses will let you down. God will never, ever, ever, ever let you down. Because he, God is love. He, he's the essence of love. And we, we do all kinds of stupid stuff like go buy chocolates and go out to dinner on Valentine's Day. and uh, You know, I mean, and, and the reason that we do that is because we're looking for love. We need to feel love, and I get that. But what the world needs to see is a church that loves them, and maybe you're here today and you need to be loved. God's love is true. It's true. It won't let you down. It's perfect. It's epic. It's an agape love. So two prayers today. One, maybe you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. And you're not experiencing God's love in your life. The Bible says the only way to experience God's agape, perfect love in a relationship with Him, because He loves you regardless, is through putting your faith in Jesus Christ. Or maybe you're here today and God's wanting to explode in your life to those around you and expand your territory. And the way that He wants to do that is by you showing God's love. Sowing seeds in the people's lives around you. Sowing seeds. Just try it tomorrow. I dare you. Just be, be a creature of love tomorrow. I ain't talking about inviting anybody to church. I'm not talking about... I'm just talking about love. Sowing seeds of love. Relax. Right? Relax. Go about your day tomorrow on point in God's love. And see what God does with that. You'll see a harvest, man. You'll see a harvest. Right? If you plant a cantaloupe seed, Alice, what do you get? A cantaloupe. You sow into someone's life God's love, what are you going to see eventually? God's love. may not be immediately. Probably It won't be immediately. Let me just say that. But it will happen eventually. Just constant. Sowing that seed. Taking care of that seed. Pulling the weeds around it. Watering it. Watching it grow. God's love. If that's you and you're here today and you say, you know what, I don't know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior, but I would love to experience God's love in my life. Today is your day. Would you bow your heads all over this place? Hey, Jason, that's me. That's me. Right now, I know at this very moment I'm not at peace with God and I'm, I'm maybe I'm angry. I'm, I'm hurting and I need a change in my life. I need God to do something in my heart. And right now, I'm realizing the first step to that is putting my faith in Jesus Christ. If that's you, anywhere in this place, I want to pray with you. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's moving unless you have to. Would you just slip your hand up really quick? Put it right back down. I see your hand. Thanks. Anyone else? I, I need to know Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. I need a change in my life. I need something different. You raise your hand. I want to pray with you. What an awesome, awesome, amazing decision you're making in your heart right now. Just pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for chasing me. And thank you that I'm in this place today. And I'm, I'm coming to you right now, God. And I'm confessing in my heart that I believe that Jesus Christ 
is the Messiah. I believe with all my heart that Jesus Christ lived a sinless life. I believe that Jesus Christ took my death and sin on the cross. And I believe that He was placed in a grave and He rose from that grave on the third day. And I believe with all my heart that He's in heaven and He's coming back for me one day. So thank you, Father, right now that your love and your grace and your mercy are flooding my soul and I'm being made into a new creation. Lord, help me on this new journey. Put people around me, Lord, that can encourage me. When I leave here today, give me the boldness to go out to that tent and grab a Bible and get some more information about getting baptized. But God, most of all, I just want to tell you, thank you for your love in my life. Father, for the rest of us that have been walking with you, call you our, our God, would you remind us in this very day, in this upcoming week, that every day you give us is a gift. And I ask that you would help us to, to sow seeds of love into our community, into our friends, into those around us. In Jesus' name.